This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello and welcome to the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo. I'm Guy Clark and well, whilst we're on the break from football due to the situation we of course all find ourselves in, every so often we'll be trying to sprinkle in a chat with someone from within the game of a Liverpool persuasion. Coming up here on Blood Red then, we'll be finding out what the break in play has been like to deal with from a manager's perspective, what he makes of Jurgen Klopp's Reds as well as what makes them such a formidable unit. Well, joining us to do all that and more is a man whose Wigan Athletic side had recorded impressive away wins at both of the top two in the championship, both Leeds United and West Bromwich Albion, prior to football being suspended. It's a pleasure to welcome Paul Cook to Blood Red. First things first, Paul, thanks a lot for uh, for joining us. How are you keeping? Yeah, good, very good, thank you. Uh, obviously, in what is, you know, real difficult times for people, I think everybody's having to adapt to a different way of life. And, you know, the quicker you do that, the better, I suppose. Obviously, football's been postponed now. It, I think it's, what, 10 days? Seems like an absolute lifetime, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. And as each day goes by, I think it brings home, you know, a lot more of, you know, what's going on in the country, the world and everywhere else. You know, I think football and football people in general, we've got to be very careful how we conduct ourselves because, you know, football certainly isn't the priority that some people seem to want it and intent on making it feel. No, obviously, it, it sort of makes you think back to that, that legendary quote from Bill Shankly about football being a matter of life and death. But actually, at a time like this, it really sort of highlights actually how severe a situation we are in. Ah, yeah, without a doubt. And I think if you take the context of, you know, how Bill was speaking in them days, I think when there's world peace and, you know, there's no diseases, there's no pandemics and there's no sort of, you know, deaths in every country, you know, it's quite a good comment for people to to believe in, you know, but it's a comment that's certainly far, far from the truth. No, certainly is the case. Obviously, yourself with, with Wigan Athletic, prior to football obviously being suspended indefinitely as it has been for now, really sort of picking up a great deal of form. Yeah, we were. We were just in, our, I think it was seven games unbeaten. I think we'd won three games away from home or something on the bounce. And we were in a really good vein of form and we picked up a really healthy amount of points. And we were just about to go into a really big game with Huddersfield away. And obviously, as you can imagine, the mood in the camp was very good and confidence, self-esteem, everything about us was really high. And Unfortunately, now that was cut short, and you know, for as disappointing as it as it was and it is, you know, the reality for us is that you know we're very much taking a backward step now in relation to this virus and everything that's going on, and how quickly can we conquer it and people can ret- return to that normality of everyday life. And obviously, you, yourself as a manager, like with your team, with your players and everything, whilst you obviously can't get in on the training ground, and I presume they're obviously doing individual sessions at home and everything, are you checking in with them, sort of just sort of seeing how they're, they're doing, I suppose, from a mental point of view, more than anything? Yeah, I think so. I think I had my first real conversations with, well, what would you say, 90% of the squad this Monday. You know, I'd left them alone for the first part of last week. Uh, obviously, as we got into the second week, I spoke to Moten, as I say, 90, was only one or two lads I didn't get. Uh, but I will catch up with them as the week goes on. And again, more for the mental state, you know, just to make sure that they're looking after themselves, you know, they're looking after the families. And on top of that, you know, if they can help anybody else and anything else out, you know, that they're also doing that. Because I think now they always play a big part in the community footballers because it's normally a place and a 
person people want to go and watch at the end of an hard working week. You know, now with that not being the case, you know, can they sort of help out and look at other aspects of everyday life and maybe help someone else or others who are less fortunate at this moment in time? Yeah, because I, I presume, and I, I suppose actually thinking about it like that, footballers are always put on a, a pedestal as like stars and you often forget there's actual human beings sort oh, yeah. of within that. And as you say, play a role sort of in the community through seasons, going into schools and everything. But there is sort of a, a bigger community aspect, obviously, that is now having your eyes widened too with this situation. I think so. One of the problems, obviously, from a Wigan Athletic point of view, I'd say the majority of lads in general don't live in the Wigan area. You know, the majority of lads are living in around, or, or some living in around the training ground for sure, at Exton. Uh, I know there's a few in Bolton and Chorley. Uh, there's certainly a few in Liverpool and Manchester and the surrounding areas. So it's actually probably hard for the Wigan Athletic players to be seen to be in their local community helping. But I'm sure they can be in the communities where they're living helping. So... You know, whatever it is they're doing, I'm sure they're doing it with the best intentions and hopefully it's much appreciated by whoever they come in contact with. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure it, it certainly is. And in terms of, you mentioned obviously Wigan and your season obviously being put on hold. But talking from a Liverpool perspective and obviously yourself, a, a big Liverpool supporter, it seemed as though nothing was going to stop Liverpool this year getting their hands on the title and football has been stopped. It must, I suppose, from the football perspective and from the manager side of things, aside from obviously the, the wider context of what's going on, just be so frustrating that this league title couldn't quite get wrapped up before it happened? Not without a shadow of a doubt, especially from, you know, certainly from the manager's point of view, from Jürgen's point of view, the staff, the players, they just had the disappointment of being knocked out the FA Cup at Chelsea. Do you know, they'd been knocked out the Champions League by Atletico Madrid in a short space of time. And obviously from a team that's been so used to winning week in and week out, that pain would have probably been in and around the training ground. But that pain would have been took away completely by the lifting of the Premier League title. And obviously the lads very much would have had that in their sights, the manager would have. And the whole city of Liverpool in general, or the majority of the city in Liverpool, shall we say, in general would have. I think, you know, by everybody's consent, it is a foregone conclusion that Liverpool will win the league. Unfortunately, in the present situation, you know, we've got to be careful about how that's being addressed in relation to Will it still be achievable? You know, some of the stuff at the minute with the Premier League and the meetings that happen and stuff like that, I find very, very disrespectful to the, you know, the everyday person. Yeah, certainly, because as you say, it does seem all, all a bit too premature. But in terms of this Liverpool side, Paul, and just talking sort of wider and just about Liverpool in general, this side, 25 points clear at the top of the league. Obviously, you, I think I'm right in saying, probably grew up watching sides of the 70s and mid-80s when Liverpool were sweeping all before them. This side, whilst obviously it seems like it's the start for them, seemed to sort of be a side beginning to take Liverpool back to those dizzy heights. Yeah, listen, you know, it's a debate. I think, you know, we was having a pint after one of the games not so long back and they were going on about picking Liverpool's best team and picking it from this year and that year. You know, I think the present day lads, you've only got to look at Salah, for example, and the goals he scores. You know, unfortunately, they haven't been trophy-laden like previous teams. But in terms of records and clean sheets and goals scored and points picked up, they're well on the way to getting that status of, you know, legendary at Liverpool Football Club. I think, you know, a year, two, three more years together, I think could see us have been in that rich vein of form or that trophy vein of form that previous Liverpool teams have all 
have all sampled. It's unfortunate at the minute with where we're at. You know, that big trophy, obviously the league title after the 30-year wait is a huge one. But it would see us then within 12 months of lifting the Champions League, lifting the World Club Championship and lifting the Premier League. So all them lads, the squad, and what a strong team it is, you know, from front to back. I think if you look back as a footballer person, you know, when we saw Coutinho, for example, and Suarez, it was really deemed like, like you know, the world had ended and we'd never recover and, you know, all of the above. And you look at the investment and the way Liverpool have gone about conducting the business in terms of the signings, in terms of Alisson, you know, Van Dijk, Mane, Salah, you know, all these players coming in. And for what, in football terms today, it isn't teams in a, a really large amount of money you know, Jürgen recruitment department and the powers of Liverpool have put together a team, you know, that's frightening. You know, I was at the Atletico Madrid game in the uh, second leg at Anfield. Liverpool took them apart. Liverpool absolutely took them apart with chances, penalty box, goalkeeping saves, all of the above. And unfortunately, sometimes football doesn't see you win games like you should. You know, that's football. But this team are an unnervingly strong team that will go on to really good successes. Is that one of the things that when you when you go to a game like at Anfield and you you watch the side playing and as you say it is football the way that Liverpool absolutely hammered at the door trying to get past Atletico but but just couldn't and Oblak sort of seemed to be saving absolutely everything. Do you find yourself still still able sort of watching it as a fan like when you were a kid type thing or or is there always sort of that? player stroke manager sort of side of things where you've obviously been in the game so long where you are sort of looking at, at stuff really in depth whilst watching yeah without a shadow of a doubt you know I'm lucky enough I sit in there and in a box now I'm Pato Sports uh, I get invited into the box with my son Connor uh, through Dougie Keane and Manny and it's a really unbelievable view of the game and to watch the game from there you literally see everything you see the energy of Liverpool's two full backs you see the average position of the two centre-halves, which is not defending their own 18-yard box, that's for sure. You know, you look at how hard the midfield three ways in relation to covering ground, distance, ball recovery, you know, recycling the ball for the front three. And in the front three, Salamane and Firmino, you know, they have a, such a destructive three that it's like a like a perfect team. You know, and at times when it's free-flowing and, and good, it's so good to watch. They just swarm all over teams. You know, when you're looking to think, how could you get your own team to play like that? How could your centre-halves play so high and leave so much space in behind them? But it's because they dominate the ball so well. It's because they're so well drilled in what they're trying to do and achieve. And it's only very rarely does that sort of break, you know, laterally against Chelsea when we're very gung-go and we're chasing the game. You know, Atletico Madrid in extra time when we're really chasing the game. Because Liverpool are at the best when they're playing with that controlled aggression where that they're in sync with everything and they're doing everything, believe it or not, at a high tempo, but their own time. Unfortunately, every now and again, when you have to chase a game, that can change. And you do leave that alarm and gap. So, you know, it's as near to perfect as you'll see in terms of football, that's for sure. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Yeah, certainly the league campaign reflects that, doesn't it? Just one draw, one defeat from, what is it, the, the 29 games that have so far been played. And I mean, 
there's been a number of games this season with Liverpool where they've won by the odd goal and you'll get sort of rival fans saying, oh, well, lucky Liverpool, they've sort of, there's games where they've edged where you think, oh, they've not been at their best. But I suppose that is the hallmark of a great side. The fact that no matter what, if it's they have to change the style or the way in which they're playing ever so slightly, they make sure that they just keep churning out the wins. I think this Liverpool team and they, you know, Man City last year got the praise and, and absolutely correctly you know, for winning the league title, you know, I know a few Liverpool fans were very disappointed. You know, they lost one league game. You can't go through a season and lose one league game and not win the league. You can't get a record number of points and not win the league. Unfortunately for us, Man City got more points. And you have to respect that. This year now, we've lost one game again. So within the two seasons combined, at the minute, Liverpool over two years have lost two league games. It's an absolutely scary statistic the way they relentlessly turn up and find ways to win in games where they probably haven't played as well. You know, the West Ham game at home, latterly, you know, where they weren't playing particularly great, but they find a way to win. That's down to the manager, that's down to the coaching staff, what they instill in the players. And then the most important thing the players deliver. You know, I always watch the likes of Van Dijk and the way he speaks to the other players and, you know, Allison and Robertson and, you know, the demands they're putting on each other all the time is huge. And in that, demand must come work ethic. And I think when you've got big demands and a high work ethic, the talent is just the icing on the cake because you're guaranteed success. You know, a lot of teams have individual good players, but with work ethic and desire, you'll never be a good team. No, and I suppose, like you mentioned there with Van Dyke, you sort of see him at, at times like a, a strike will go bursting through on goal and he's just strolling back and he gets there. And There's no complacency about this Liverpool side, but with each win, it sort of just be, becomes sort of more of an assured nature in terms of believing in what they go about. And I suppose from a manager's point of view, it is important to make sure that things don't go to their heads. Yeah, listen, I think that, that naturally last year, the disappointment of losing the league, would have been a very much a motivating factor for a group of lads that you can see have a desire to win. You know, Jordan Henderson being the captain who probably typifies it as good as you can get. You then look into lads like James Milner, Ginny Wijnaldum types of players that you can see in their performance how much they want to win. You know, luckily, not luckily, sorry, on winning champions. He's inspired a lot of Liverpool fans that we've had a great year. You know, to come so close to winning the league to actually win in the Champions League, we felt that this year would be the year. And they've delivered, you know, they've delivered in, in spades, they've delivered from day one, you know, with some of the big wins they've had, the way they went away from home, you know, they, they knock teams over, their energy levels, you know, the three games in a week, for example, where they managed to win all three. You know, they'll feel tired, they'll feel fatigued, they'll have recovery sessions like every other team. But what they've got in probably... The biggest factor of all is the mental strength and the belief that they're going to be successful. And when you have that and you've got quality players, and you know, as they always say in good teams, you look around you and see who's playing with you, and you gain your strength from that. And you know, I think Liverpool City has it. You know, from a Liverpool fans' point of view, we're always proud of our team. We, irrespective of winning leagues and titles, because they play for Liverpool Football Club. But this team is a very special team, and we are we're very proud of our team. He's one of the guys who really gets that, the captain, Jordan Henderson, because technically in the side, he might not be looked at as like the best player overall. But I mean, even just recently when he was out of the team, you could see what 
what the team was missing when he wasn't there and all, almost sort of that, that mental aspect of he knows there might be players in the side who technically can do things he can't and he's constantly seeing barking out the instructions telling them to whether it's Salah to actually beat his man, go and sort of have an effort at goal. He's always demanding more from all of those around yeah. him. I think with Jordan, I think one of the problems for being a little captain, especially in the area where you've probably replaced Stephen Gerrard as captain, who, you know, with the greatest respect, is one of Liverpool's all-time great players. You know, it was always going to be difficult. And for Jordan, I think he's even had his moments, probably with the manager now and again, where he mightn't have seen eye to eye on certain situations. But to say he's grew into the role wouldn't be doing it justice. You know, he probably epitomises everything that's good about football now in terms of, as you've said, probably not the most talented lad in the world, but boy, is he a good player. And boy, does he have an appetite to work and lead his team and captain Liverpool like like captains should do, you know, conducts himself fantastically well, gives every last breath on the pitch. And I do think he has a little bit more talent than he's given credit for, Jordan. I think he's a lot better passer than people think. I think he can do other aspects of the game a little bit better. It's just, unfortunately, sometimes when you've followed Steven Gerrard, it's hard to be in that bracket of player. But I think in terms of success and obviously about to lift trophies, you know, Jordan's doing fantastically well. And I think in and around the squad, you can see the respect he demands and he gets from his fellow players. And I suppose being the captain as well, I completely agree with obviously what you say on his, his technical ability. I think he's, he's proven that this season beyond any doubt that he deserves his place as, as a footballer more than on merit than sort of what he's shown he can do. But in terms of the captaincy, I mean, after the likes of your, your Tony Adams, John Terry's, the real sort of shouters and everything, there was sort of a feeling that captaincy as it used to be, had perhaps gone from, certainly from like, in your playing days, our captains really did sort of lead the team and everything. But Jordan Henderson sort of seems to be a throwback to that, the guy who really on the pitch is carrying out the manager's instructions to a tee. Oh, listen, I think captain of football clubs is very, very important. I think um, historically, you know, people remember the great captains and, you know, especially the teams who've won trophies, you remember the captains who've lifted the trophies and, you know, to lucky enough to win the Champions League, for example, or the old European Cup, you can still see the pictures of the gleaming smiles and the faces as they lift that trophy. You know, there as we've moved on laterally, we're probably in a generation now or an era where, in general, footballers don't speak as much on the pitch. You know, through the new coaching schemes and coaching systems we put in place, you know, coaches now really are forever telling and trying to teach kids how to play. And I think sometimes that's a real sadness because it's something that a younger generation of player carries onto a pitch. You know, the modern-day managers speak all the time about lack of leaders, there's no leaders, there's no voices on the pitch. And I think that comes from being coached from a very young age and coaches being in and around playing areas where they're basically teaching the lads how to play and coaching them, whereas historically, you know, you're taught yourself. And normally you got taught a brutal way in all different aspects of it. So... Somewhere along the line, we've just cut that out. I think in most strong teams now, you'll still have the leaders. And leading can be all different types. There's all different types of leaders. They can be a leader in his work rate and his desire. You know, Salah can be a leader now. Bravey has been taking the ball in tight areas all the time. You know, Van Dyke can be a leader in everything he does. You know, as his presence, as a man, as his voice and his ability. I think Jordan epitomises all them things as well. 
you know, he's a brave captain. He will take the ball in tight areas. He's scored some vital late goals for us. You can see what it means to him, you know. And also, he's got a strong voice. You can clearly see. He looks an edgy. He's certainly captain. He's captain of the Brewery's in the Champions League. He's played in enough games now to hold, you know, every dressing room. When he speaks, I'm sure, you know, allied with the likes of James Milner, who I do think is such a great character for Liverpool Football Club. I think he's been one of our best signings. I think you'll always go down the signings when you pay 60, 70 million pounds for someone. But when you'd also sneak someone in through the back door on a free like Milner, I don't think people realise how big a person he then so I think by the time you break it down completely I think Liverpool have got the ingredients within the dressing room to carry the egos of big players but with a winning mentality of good players and good players as well Yeah and, and just finally just sort of was going to say on on the individuals and everything before we we were talking about Henderson there and before the break in football came there was sort of a, a growing clamour for him to perhaps be recognised as the PFA Player of the Year and I was just wondering your take on sort of as a manager individual awards because Jurgen Klopp always goes on about how the team should be the team that are sort of prioritised above the uh, the individual and I suppose for this team to sort of epitomise that as as well to get a record tally of Premier League points surpass that 100 points tally if the season is going to be sort of completed and that is something that can happen. I suppose that would be befitting the best sort of trophy they could get as a team rather than any yeah. individuals being picked out. I think, you know, with sort of the FA Player of the Year, the Sports Writers Player of the Year, etc. It's always a fantastic accolade for any player to get. But I think when you get to the elite level of football now, we, we talk about a team now as not an individual player. You know, we go back to the likes of Steven Gerrard, for example. Unfortunately, Steven's time at our club wasn't anywhere near as successful as a player as Steven's ability deserved because Steven was a world-class footballer. Now, if you look through Liverpool's team, you struggle to find a weakness. So how someone can pick out an individual player to win an award is so, so tough. You know, it's like Salah Mane who competes to be goal scorer. It's like Robertson and uh, Trent who can't get enough crosses into the game. And you can go right on. And I think singling individual players out is always is always good from a personal point of view. But I'd be totally in agreement with Jurgen Klopp. I think when football teams are successful, it's the team that wins, and that's that's the right way. Well, Paul, it's been great to uh, to catch up with you and have a chat. I hope you can keep staying at home with the kids and everything during this lockdown and hopefully all being safe and well. Football is back sooner rather than later, but obviously when the time is right. Uh, without a shadow of a doubt, I think it's something as we all sit at home and we're all following the government's guidelines and correctly so, you know, doing everything and you know, all, all the guidelines were being given. I think we're all looking forward to them summers and the summer days now where football can come back to us. But especially when this country and every other country in the world has got a clean bill of, of health away from the virus and, you know, the future can look bright for everyone. So, you know, fingers crossed that day comes soon. Wigan Athletic Manager Paul Cook with his take on Jordan Henderson, Jurgen Klopp's Reds and how, as a manager within the game, he's dealing with the current situation. Well, thanks to Paul for his time and also to you listening in. As always, we appreciate your continued support and hope we can offer some light Liverpool-related relief to you at this current time. Until next time, though, here on Blood Red, it's bye for now. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.